Good morning and welcome to Creston Church's virtual worship service. I ask you to read this call to worship with me. Holy One, as we gather this morning to worship you, may we speak truth so that our words may give grace to those who hear. May we pray in faith so that our words may give grace to those who hear. May we sing with joy so that our words may give grace to those who hear. And may we listen with open minds and receptive hearts so that your words may give grace to us who hear. Amen. Welcome, Creston Church family. Please join me in singing this song, Come and Fill Our Hearts. This is from the ecumenical monastic community in France where Christians from all over the world come together to sing and pray and be quiet. And I had the pleasure of visiting there about six years ago. But let this be a time of inviting the Spirit. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. You alone, O oh Lord, are holy. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. Alleluia. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. You alone, O oh Lord, are holy. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. Alleluia. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. You alone, O Lord, are holy. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. Alleluia. Come and fill our hearts with your peace. You alone are 
with your peace. Alleluia. Welcome to worship, Creston Church. We've been praying for you as you gather for worship in your various listening and watching places. We pray that each one of you will have an encounter with our living God. The good news for us today is that God is here and there, wherever you are in each of our many different places. Today, on this first Sunday of the month, we have the special privilege of gathering around the table to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. May God give you his rich blessing as you partake of this meal. You'll want to make sure that you've prepared bread and cup and that you have it nearby for later on in our worship service. I invite you now to stretch out your hands as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting right along with everyone else who is watching. My friends, receive God's greeting. To those who are called, who are beloved in God the Father, and kept safe for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. And all God's people said, Amen. Good morning, Preston Church. Please join me in prayer. Father God, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Help us to open our hearts and hands to receive today as a precious gift from you. Before we got up, you knew what our day would be like. So, we each of us give you our gifts of thanksgiving. Because you are God, from whom all blessings flow. May we sing praises to you, by doing so, we know that you delight in us. In Jesus' name, amen. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and lived in them, and all that you have is multiplied, do not exalt yourself and forget the Lord your God. 
who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness. Thus says the Lord, these people have held fast to deceit. They have refused to return. I have given heed and listened, but they do not speak honestly. No one repents of wickedness, saying, what have I done? O oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. I do not delight in sacrifice, but I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Hear now the words of assurance from Isaiah 30. O people of Zion, who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. He will rise up and show compassion. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Hear these words of insurance from John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine. You are the branches. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branches can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me.
Our worship also includes our offering, as we have just been reminded again of God's grace toward us. Our best response is to offer our whole lives back to God. Offering money is just one very important way that we can do that. During these times of being apart, you may give your gifts using the pollster system or our online giving process, making sure that you clearly designate which causes you'd like your offering to be shared with. The deacons are very pleased to acknowledge your faithful and continued giving to Creston Church and all of our ministries. They encourage you to also consider our special offerings that are listed in the Friday emails. Today's special offering is for the Benevolence Fund of Creston Church. These monies enable us to give monetary assistance to those who are facing difficult financial situations. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and denomination. What God has called all of us to do as a church in this neighborhood and city and what God has called us to do as a denomination all around the world. May God bless you as you give. Please remember to check the Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. Even though we're limited in our physical comings and goings, many of you are finding ways that are very unique and so special to serve God and our communities. God bless you for your efforts. At this time, I'd like to share some prayer concerns that we have received. And whenever I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. After delays due to the coronavirus, Betty has met with her doctor and is now waiting to schedule further surgery on her mouth and her jaw later this summer. The surgery will be more extensive than originally hoped, including a very long recovery process. Please pray for Betty and Jeff as they face this next step in her treatment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Carrie asks for prayers for two colleagues of hers who have contracted COVID-19. Both women are essential workers and have been doing their best to keep others safe during this pandemic. One of them has a small child who has also contracted COVID-19. The other is in the hospital on a ventilator and has sustained damage to her heart, is on a feeding tube, feeding tube and is fighting for her life. Not only are these women good people, but they are also very good friends of Carrie's. Please pray for their health, their strength to fight this virus, and that their conditions improve. Please pray that God comforts them and their families in the scariest moments as they fight this virus in quarantine all alone. Please pray that no more family members contract COVID-19, that there are negative tests for those potentially exposed, and that our community continues to take this virus seriously to ensure the well-being of all of us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Elijah had a successful surgery on his left ear. During this third surgery on that ear, he had an artificial bone put in. And pray now that his hearing will improve and that he will not need a hearing aid. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dort is out of the hospital and is now receiving therapy at a rehab facility. Pray for continued gain in her health and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I'd like to share God's story with you. You recently received it in an email as well. By God's grace, Fran will celebrate her 105th birthday on Tuesday, July 7th. Rejoice with Mary and Jim and their family that their mother continues to exhibit the joy of the Lord and a loving spirit that reflects her love for God. You may send her a card at the address that's provided in the Creston Prayer Guide. And now I invite you to join me in our prayers of the people. Let's pray.
God, companion, and guide, we would be lost without your direction. Wanderers in wilderness of our own making. We praise you for dealing so graciously with your people in the past when you guided them to freedom and a promised new life. We are heirs of that promise fulfilled in Jesus, our Redeemer and Lord. Through him you have established for us a permanent direction for our lives. And as we dwell in him, our lives are blessed with fruitfulness. We pray for Creston Church, O oh God. In the midst of so much unsettledness in our lives, you continue to equip us to serve you, to serve each other, and to serve the community around us. Thank you for the ministries, the staff, and the committees that continue to find creative ways to do their work. Keep spurring all of us on to live thankful lives for you. O oh God, as the Council of Creston Church meets on Wednesday night, please give them guidance and wisdom in their deliberations. Now that the Creston Transitions team has completed their work, we are bold to pray for your direction for the Pastor Search Committee that will soon begin its work. Help them to fully rely on you to show them the way forward. We give you thanks for the ministry of the Newman family, our missionaries who serve in Lithuania at the university. Give them strength as they, like us, face the many challenges of the pandemic in their lives and ministry. We thank you for their ministry update and the reports of your work in the hearts of their students. Once again, we offer our prayers for Betty as she anticipates surgery, for Carrie's co-workers in their battles with COVID-19, and for Elijah as he recovers from ear surgery. Oh God, some of us struggle quietly with a variety of challenges. Give each one of us an encouraging awareness of your presence and the assurance of your never-failing love. We thank you for the many God stories that we experience. Help us to be on the lookout for your ongoing activity in our lives. Oh God, it's been almost four months ago since we began this journey of upheaval due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We confess that we get impatient with this invisible enemy and all of the troubles that we have encountered. Help us, for the good and benefit of all people, to continue to go about our daily activities carefully and safely. Give wisdom to all those in many settings who make decisions that give guidance to our lives. Give healing to those who are ill. Provide comfort and peace to those who grieve the deaths of friends and loved ones. Oh God, bring an end to this cruel virus. Remarkably, we also offer this very similar prayer in regard to the sinful racial unrest and violence that have plagued us in renewed ways. We confess that we get impatient with this invisible enemy and all of the troubles that we have encountered. Help us, for the good and benefit of all people, to go about our daily activities lovingly and thoughtfully. Give wisdom to all those in many settings who make decisions that give guidance to our lives. Give healing to those who have been injured. Provide comfort and peace to those who grieve the deaths of friends and loved ones. Bring an end to these cruel attitudes of hatred. Teach us the courage, O oh God, to turn from what seems so natural, so safe, the way of grasping power and befriending the powerful in the hope of protection and security. Teach us the humility, O oh God, to turn from what is so enticing, so persuasive, the way of accumulating things and trusting in wealth in the hope of comfort and life. Lead us, O oh God, in another way, the way of true security, 
true wealth, the way of Christ, the servant, the way of weakness and simplicity. Lead us, O God, in another way. The way of caring for the neglected, feeding the hungry, housing the homeless, protecting the threatened, and challenging the powerful. The foolish way of the gospel that brings salvation to all. Holy God, may this time of worship continue to be a joyful response of praise and thanksgiving for all that you have done, for all that you are doing, and for all that you will continue to do for us and all people through the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank God that our children continue to hide God's word in their hearts. They've made some videos that show us your, their efforts. You are an inspiration to us. The greatest among you will be your servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. In addition, our children continue to have the opportunity to join in on their own regular time of children's worship. We pray for God's blessing on you. May the Lord be with you and also with you. We have the privilege once again to turn to God's Word and consider a passage from 1 Thessalonians. This is continuing our perusal of various sections of this letter of the Apostle Paul. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you can find the book of Romans and then go on past and beyond to 1 and 2 Corinthians and then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and then you'll be at 1 Thessalonians. And once you find that passage, I invite you to join me in prayer. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we will be reading verses 9 through 13. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's talk about words. Webster's third New International Dictionary, unabridged, together with its 1993 addenda section, includes some 470,000 entries. The Oxford English Dictionary, second edition, reports that it includes a similar number in their volume. If we want to talk about how many words there are in English, there are three key numbers to remember. 
more than 1 million total words. About 170,000 words in current use and 20 to 30,000 words that are used by each individual person. The Greek New Testament has 138,162 words in it total, but it uses only about 5,437 words that are part of the Greek language. The number of distinct words in the Hebrew Old Testament is 8,679. There are a total of 592,860 words total in that Hebrew Old Testament. That's more than half a million words. Most of my sermons have about 2,000 words in them, give or take. And there are about 140 words in our text for today. And then how about that other word that's part of the sermon title, which happens to be word and work? That other word, work. A full-time job usually means that a worker puts in about 40 hours a week. Working around the house is another kind of work. Cleaning, repairs, cooking, taking out the trash, lawn care. Volunteering is another kind of work. Words and work. Work and words. Today's text speaks about both of them. As we discovered a few Sundays ago, the Apostle Paul was only able to spend a few weeks or so with the brand new believers in the Church of Thessalonica, introducing them to Jesus Christ. You'll recall that Thessalonica was a cultural center, and as a result, many different religions were practiced there. It was in this setting that Paul, along with Silas and Timothy, arrived to proclaim the gospel. Verse 9 of chapter 1 lets us know that most of Paul's listeners in this city of Thessalonica were idol worshipers, lost and separated from God's love. In this city of 200,000 people, there have been plenty of ideologies presented over the years. Many lectures full of words have been given in their halls and amphitheaters. Street corners and marketplaces were ideal places to share new ideas, often with the speakers shouting at the tops of their lungs. Lots of words. And if a speaker were really top-notch, listeners could expect to have to pay good money to hear them. Those presenters do have to eat, and using their words was the way that they earned a living, the way that they did their work. Their work was words, and using words was their work. These are the sorts of words that verse 13 of our text in chapter 2 is talking about. The word of men. Speakers who get an idea into their head and then share it with anyone who listens. The city of Thessalonica was full of such speakers, philosophers, as well as listeners who bought into many of these ideas. One result for many of these speakers is the idol worship that flourished in Thessalonica. The words of these speakers, their work, persuaded many people to accept their ideas and to engage in all sorts of immoral behavior in order to pay homage to the many idol gods in Thessalonica. Today, we are inundated with words. Anyone can share their words. Newspapers, magazines, websites, social media tools like Twitter, Facebook, and our email, news feeds, television, and radio are full of words. Just last Sunday morning, during our virtual fellowship time, we had a brief conversation about how much time some of us are nudged into spending reading and listening to all of those words. Creating and sharing all those words is a big industry. 
People make it their lives work to create all those words. Sometimes the words contain news. Sometimes advertising is the content of these words. Sometimes beliefs and ideologies are promoted in those words. The word-producing work of people and organizations aims to influence our thoughts and behavior. The content of all those words is not always good. We are often gently deceived into accepting the content of dangerous or wrong ways of thinking, like astrology, racist agendas, pornography, new age ideas, and so much more. It's a huge challenge for us to differentiate between the good and the bad of all of these words. The Apostle Paul came to Thessalonica to deliver words too. However, his words were not his own words. Paul's words came from God. Paul's words contained God's words. As we observed during our previous consideration of the section of the previous section of this letter, Paul delivered a message from God, good news, the gospel, to these Thessalonians during his very short visit. And this is the message in summary that we heard a few weeks ago. God offers forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation from sin and death to everyone who simply believes that Christ has died, Christ was buried, was raised, and is coming again. Paul was an effective preacher, and the people were attentive listeners. It wouldn't have been very difficult for him to throw his hat down in the square or at the entrance to the synagogue in order for him to earn a living from this work of sharing these gospel words. However, our text in verse 9 lets us know that Paul did not try to take money from sharing these words of the gospel. He reminds these believers in Thessalonica of his additional toil and hardship so that he wouldn't be a burden to them. Paul worked at tent making and leather working during his non-preaching hours in order to make a living. In addition to Paul's work of preaching and tent making, he also reminds the Christians of Thessalonica of his another form of work, his work of caring for them. Paul calls attention to his holy, righteous, and blameless behavior. He conducted himself as a loving father. Paul did that by encouraging, comforting, and urging them to live their lives as lives worthy of God. In verse 9, Paul describes these three aspects of his work his preaching of God's gospel words, his tent making, and his care for them, with a Greek word for them, a Greek word for work, from which we get our English word ergonomics. It's pretty straightforward. Paul got these three kinds of work accomplished because he worked. He worked diligently. As I've mentioned already, those words of Paul are not his own unique words, his own message. Those gospel words are God's words, as verse 9 and verse 13 both state. God is the one who offers forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation from sin and death to everyone who believes. Once more, Paul uses that word work, this time in verse 13. The word of God is at work. But here, Paul uses a different Greek word here to describe the work of God as the word of God. We get our English word for energy from this Greek word for work, energy. The word of God is working, creating energy, power, 
nonstop in the lives of these brand new Christians. How, you might ask? Paul's already given thanks for God's powerful work in their lives in chapter 1. For their work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope, exemplary life, evangelistic activity, and their turning from idols to God. You might not be able to measure it like electricity, but there's energy coming from God's Word. God's Word is putting out huge amounts of work in this church of Thessalonica. As Paul observes the work of God's energy-packed Word of Gospel, he can't help but thank God over and over. He's so thrilled that these Thessalonican believers accepted his preaching words as the Word of God himself. They accepted, they believed, the powerful good news that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. The Word of God, continuously at work with power and energy in the lives of this brand new church of believers. In 2020, God's Word is at work around the world in powerful, energy-filled ways. We just received an update from the Newmans, our missionaries in Lithuania. They've filled their report with descriptions of how God's word of the gospel is working to energize their ministry and changing the hearts and lives of their students. God is at work on other continents too. The church is growing by leaps and bounds in many places outside of North America because of the powerful, energy-filled work of the words of the gospel. The Global South is home to increasing numbers of people who have accepted and believed in the work of God as gospel word. God's people continue to do their proclaiming work in order to spread the gospel work of God's word. God's word is at work here in Creston Church too. Some of you believed that gospel word a long time ago, and now you are doing your own work, just like the Apostle Paul. Some of you accepted this gospel word more recently, and you too are doing your part of the work, growing, learning, and living lives that are worthy of God. Perhaps this gospel word is starting to make more and more sense to others of you too. Perhaps today is the day when you could be just like the Thessalonians and accept and believe the good news of Jesus and the gift of forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. Word and work, work and word. God keeps on expending church energy here at Creston Church in other ways, too. You've shared with the transition team that you eagerly desire to grow deeper and stronger in your walk with God. God is energizing you to experience that desire. He's at work in your hearts, drawing you closer to Him through the power of his word. God continues to prompt us to be like those Thessalonians, to be a church with a great reputation for being deliverers of the word of the gospel and passing on the love of God. Today, we are the beneficiaries of Paul's message, just like that early congregation in Thessalonica. We are the recipients of God's working words. In just a few moments, we will celebrate the grace-filled work of God in our lives when we gather at the table. It's just a small bit of food and drink, but they represent an incredible amount of gospel love shown to us in the death and resurrection of Jesus on our behalf. At this feast, we proclaim 
the work of God's gospel word in our lives. There's energy in this meal. There's powerful healing in this meal. There's motivation to continue on in our own gospel sharing work in this meal. The love of God is on full display in this meal. God's working word feeds our souls in this meal. Thanks be to God for the good news gospel that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Amen. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for the good news proclaimed in your wonderful word. Thank you for its power. Help us to accept it for what it really is. Not mere words written by men, but your word at work, God. Your power revealed to us and made alive in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. God has just fed us from his word. And now we have the privilege to be nourished at his table for the Lord's Supper. You'll want to have your order of service available, as well as your prepared bread and juice. So let's begin. The Gospels tell us that on the first day of the week, the day on which our Lord rose from the dead, he appeared to some of his disciples and was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Come then to the joyful feast of the Lord. So people of God, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right for us to give thanks and praise. Let's pray. With joy we praise you, gracious God, for you have created heaven and earth, made us in your image, and kept covenant with us, even when we fell into sin. We give you thanks, Jesus Christ our Lord, who by his glorious resurrection overcame the power of sin and gave us new life. Therefore we join our voices with all the saints and angels and the whole creation to proclaim and sing the glory of your name. Sing with me. Holy, 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 my heart, my heart adores you. My heart pours out my praise to you. You are holy, Lord. We give thanks to God the Father that our Savior Jesus Christ, before he suffered, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice until he comes again. At his last supper, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said this, is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup 
after supper. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us therefore join with the church of all times and all places and profess together the work of Jesus Christ that we remember and proclaim in this supper. Together we say, we shall do as our Lord commands. We proclaim that our Lord Jesus was sent by the Father into the world, that he took upon himself our flesh and blood and bore the wrath of God against our sin. We confess that he was condemned to die, that we might be pardoned and suffer death that we might live. We proclaim that he is risen to make us right with God, and that he shall come again in the glory of his new creation. This we do now and until he comes again. Let's pray. God of all power, send your Holy Spirit upon us, that in sharing the bread we may share in the body of Christ, that in sharing the cup, we may share in his blood. Grant that by being joined together in Christ Jesus, we may become united in faith and in all things become mature in the one who is our head. This we pray together in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The elders of Creston Church have given their supervision for the preparation of the Lord's Supper prior to our service and are joining us for this gracious meal in their own safe places. Now it's time for all of you to make sure that the bread and drink that you have prepared is nearby for everyone who is participating. Enough pieces on a plate for each person in your location, and enough cups with a small amount poured out for each person. I'll prompt you in just a moment when it's time to eat and drink. For those of you who are choosing not to partake in the communion elements today, let me offer you this special blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Congregation of Jesus Christ, the Lord has prepared his table for all who love him and trust in him alone for their salvation. All who are sorry for their sins, who sincerely believe in the Lord Jesus as their Savior, and who desire to live in obedience to him as Lord, are now invited to come with gladness to the table of the Lord to receive these gifts of God for the people of God you may distribute the bread to each person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
take, eat, remember, and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. You may distribute the cups to each person. Take, drink, remember, and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. Please join me in celebration with these words from Psalm 103 by saying each phrase right along with me. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion. Let's pray together. Generous God, you have given yourself to us and made us yours. You prepared a table before us, led, it, led us to it, and fed us abundantly. Thank you, great God, for your life-giving gifts. Thank you for uniting us with you and with each other, for giving us new life and new hope, and for preparing us to live as your people. May our lives joyfully display our hope in you. In the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Now, my brothers and sisters, we come to the end of our time of worship together. Go now in the freedom of the gospel of Christ. Encourage one another to live lives worthy of God and walk together in service and humility. Let your words and your work be one in Christ. Now receive God's parting blessing and may the God of lasting love open the way before you. May Jesus the Messiah be your one instructor. And may the Holy Spirit lead you on into the promised land of God's kingdom and glory. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.